So fiction was the first kind of writing I wanted to do like 20 plus years ago, back when I was a stay at home mom. And I, you know, escaped into fiction. Um, I didn't have the nerve to write about my own life. And so I would write these dissatisfied women. You know, I gave these characters um, who were part of my memories and nostalgia from growing up in Florida, um, these church women. I, I really didn't think of them that way at the time, but that's really who they were. Um, the women of my youth, um, they were the characters that kind of emerged and, and came, um, you know, along with my imagination to write novels. That's what I wanted to start doing. And then there were just these detours into personal essay writing. I wrote a co-parenting book with my ex-husband. Um, but kept trying to get back to fiction. And there was this one novel um, that I started in 2007 that had a main character that was a preacher's wife. And I was just stalling on that novel. But I was occasionally writing some stories. And it was my agent, um, the agent I had for the co-parenting book, who was waiting for the novel. And she um, read the, the, the short story. She said, you know, I think you could do something with these church lady stories. And so she coined that phrase because I hadn't thought of it that way. And um, and so she suggested that while I was on this indefinite hiatus from this novel, that I uh, get intentional about a collection of stories um, that were along the same themes, which was black women, sex and the black church. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I could do that. Um, and, and I did. And so I got really intentional on in making sure that the stories I was writing fit that theme somehow. And all the characters were either church ladies or what I call church lady adjacent. So somebody in the character's life is influential and, and they are rooted in the church. And um, and that's how the story, the, the collection developed. And uh, fortunately it found a home um, at West Virginia University Press. And they published the book last fall. Um, and as you mentioned, it's been very well received. Mm -hmm. And um, among those interested in the work um, were HBO Max and Tessa Thompson, who um, has a new production company. And, um, and so I have a deal with them to develop a television series. And I don't have a timeline for it right now, but I'll be writing it and also executive producing along with Tessa. This is so exciting because HBO Max has just been you know, killing it with, with series yeah. <laughs> and stories. And I've been hooked on it lately while I'm watching everything. Uh, now, you grew up at, uh, attending church and you, you were imagining, you know, the lives of the grown women around you. What, what yeah. were some of the questions or things that, that <laughs> you, were, um, I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, they were just stunning to look at, mm -hmm. you know, so just there's style and the way they carried themselves I, you know I was really mesmerized and, and as a girl I just thought you know like is that how you know is, is this who I could be you know and I was watching women in the church women outside of the church and of course I was aware of the, the church's teachings around sex and, and and women's bodies and all of the con control and the restrictions and the sin and you're going to go to hell and, and that was all very confusing because it looked like all the people who were having fun and were the women that I wanted to be like, they, they were all going to hell. According to the yeah, church. That's... So I couldn't make sense of it. You know, I couldn't, you know, as a child, you know, I, I really didn't understand. Uh, and certainly, you know, I was aware of the hypocrisy. There were different, certainly different rules and expectations for boys and girls and men versus women. Um, there were all these binaries. Um, it was as if, you know, gay people didn't exist or they were condemned. And, um, you know, so I was taking all, all of that in as a child and it really made an impression on me because then when I did start to write fiction as I mentioned 
that's where um, I went back to. That's those were the memories that came back, but also memories of other women in my life. My grandmothers, my mother, um, the cooking, the food. There's a lot of food in my stories. Um, you know, I grew up in the South, so of course, you know, food is is right at the center of our culture. And and the, the tell us about the characters. I mean, it's a, it's a collection of short stories, but mm-hmm. one character is Olivia. And um, yes. has a lot going on there with um, with Olivia. Is it is it come from your own experience or people you knew mm-hmm. growing up or tell us about this? Um, Olivia comes from my experience to the extent that, um, you know, her her very childlike view of the church and God. Um, like Olivia, I used to I was very confused about who God was. Like I literally thought God was up in the sky. So I would look at the clouds Me as a too. kid and like, oh, there he is right there. Right. You mm-hmm. know? And, um, and so, you know, in, in the story Peach Cobbler, Olivia's confusion is also that she thinks the pastor of the church is God. So when he comes to her house every Monday and eats her mother's peach cobbler and then goes into the bedroom, you know, she, is a little curious about this relationship, special relationship her mother has with God. And then eventually, you know, the story follows her into her teen years. And she uh, unfortunately understands, starts to understand what's going on and, and, you know, something that a child should not be privy to. And so it's a, you know, she's carrying this burden, um, you know, for, for the adults. Um, But I started with um, her naivete, which was my naivete, um, about who God is. And I think we, um, many of us, whether we're in the church or outside, we, we grapple with that question forever. And and there's another story, Snowfall, where two women mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of kicked out, um, ostracized from their communities because they're gay. Uh, why mm-hmm. was it important to, to capture that experience and make sure you, you touched on that? You know, I didn't think it was possible to write a true, even though it's fiction, I still want my stories to ring true, to write true stories about black women, um, sex in the church, if the experience of gay women, queer women were not included, because that's part of the binaries that we're, you know, tried, we're kind of forced into, you can be this or that, and it's wrong or right, heaven or hell again. And so, um, you know, but for me growing up, we saw men in the church who were gay, it was almost like a don't ask, don't tell sort of thing, couldn't be out, um, or just, you couldn't say the words, you know, but you know, gay women in the church were invisible, but I know that they're there because we know, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, that mm-hmm. there are, are gay folks everywhere. And I also, you know, imagine that especially in a world that's so, um, you know, the church world that is so black and white that says, you know, if you're not a married woman, you, you know, essentially you have no access to, to sex or any kind of, you know, sexual intimacy and you're not supposed to, you know, be around men in intimate ways. But, you know, as women, we're around other women, mm-hmm. you know, and so inevitably, um, you know, and, and, and you know, well, that's the story Eula that I'm thinking about, which has a, another set of, of, of women friends who um, once a year, they are lovers. But in Snowfall, um, what's more reflected is that rejection, you know, that mm-hmm. if you dare you know, if you don't keep it quiet, you know, if you dare, if you dare tell, there are consequences. And there are too many folks, um, you know, who were in the church who paid the consequence for being who they are. They lost their um, connection to the church. They lost their family, perhaps lost friends. 
Um, and so I didn't feel that the story would be, the collection would be complete if I did not acknowledge, you know, experiences of, of women um, who have to deal with that. And what was it like to, to get the acclaim and to, to win all these awards and to be well-reviewed? I mean, it, did, did you expect it? Were you like, oh, yeah, this is, this is good work? Or it's no. a personal <laughs> thing to put out your work and wonder if it's going to be, you know, who's going to read it? But, you know, I, doing well. Not at all. Not at all, because it's a debut it's a very short collection. Anybody in publishing would tell you, or perhaps they'll tell you, you know, would have told you before last year, um, short story collections don't sell. But we saw last year that it wasn't just my collection, but other short story collections did well and got acclaim. Um, it's on a small press. It's on a university press. You know, this is not the type of book that usually gets this kind of attention excuse me, in recognition. And so, um, you know, my agent managed my expectations. Um, I also didn't get, you know, a book deal with a big, one of the, you know, big publishing companies. And so I was happy to have finished the book Mm -hmm. (laughs) since I couldn't finish that novel. So I was patting myself on the back for having finished some fiction, which was my earliest writing impulse. Um, I'm excited, you know, about the story. So I was excited to have people read the stories. Um, I hope that people would like the stories. I hope that women like the characters, you know, um, black women, you know, in the South and the church would see themselves and feel seen and heard. Um, that was enough for me. Um, that's what I was hoping would happen. I hope that people who weren't black women could Mm -hmm. connect to the stories as well. And they have. Um, so all of the acclaim, I didn't expect it. Um, I'm, I'm floored by it and, and very thankful for it. Um, but I just wanted to get my, my stories out in the world. Yeah, and I mean, you won the Penn Faulkner Award, the Story Prize, LA Times Award for First Fiction, and a finalist in the National Book Award. I mean, you you hit all the the highlights, and uh, that's congratulations. <laughs> have, Thank you. Do, have people do readers reach out to you, or have you? Do, is that a thing anymore? Like, have people yes. sought you out, and and uh, what, what what do they say? Yeah. So uh, thanks to social media. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So many great responses. Um, I love that a lot of um, readers have read this book with their mothers. So some mother daughters, mother daughter pairs are reading it. There's a lot of mother daughter themes in the story. Um, People who have what some folks call church hurt. Um, you know, that they feel validated by the stories. Oh. Um, they feel like I've, I've told their stories. Um, and other people reach out to tell me they like that the stories are juicy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and sexy. So they like that. Um, some folks have done this weird thing where they send the book to like the churchiest aunt they have, right? Like the, the biggest church lady they know without any note or warning. And then (laughs) the person reads the first story, which is pretty hot, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's uh, Eula is the first story. And it just sort of lets you know, this is what we're doing. And uh, and they tell me, you know, they read the first story and then they get a text. What have you sent me? But then they keep reading. And I love hearing stories like that. I've heard from church folks. I've heard from um, pastors. I've done some book club groups with uh, churches and a, a group of black women pastors. I love hearing from those folks. Um, I've heard from men 
Um, usually with men, they, you know, pick it up because they've heard it's juicy, but then they actually get something more out of it. They say, oh, I learned something about how women think. Um, so I guess they, you know, come for the sex and stay for the learning. So <laughs> that's great. That is great. Adisha, you're from Jacksonville. You're Florida. Florida yes, person. Duval. And, Duval. And, yeah, Duval County. And uh, what what was it like growing up there? And I've been to Jacksonville. It's very close mm-hmm. to Georgia. Yeah, very, it's, it's very northern Florida. Um, yes. no, 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 and that's great. That's great. What was it like growing up there? Do you miss it? Um, how how did it shape you? You know, I it's it's strange that so many of the stories are rooted in my memories and nostalgia. But I always say I'm not necessarily homesick for Jacksonville. And yet when I when I picture my characters, you know, if they're in a backyard, it was my backyard. If they're in a kitchen, it's my grandmother's kitchen. It was, you know, the voices of my grandmothers and her friends that I um, tapped into for the older generations because there are four generations of women and girls in these stories. So it's all Jacksonville. It's all from from um, my growing up there. Um, and I think it's because I miss maybe the time and place and, and I miss, you know, my family and, 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 you know, have very fond memories of my childhood. Um, but Jacksonville and, you know, in general has changed so much. I left in 89 and I've connected with folks, you know, who, and I still have some family there and I was there last in 2019. So in many ways, it's a very different city than the one that I grew up in. Um, but what I recall most in terms of growing up in Jacksonville, things that I took for granted, um, the great weather, having lived in Pittsburgh now half my life, I oh, hate yeah. the winter which is reflected in the story Snowfall, mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. hate winter. Um, so I, you know, I just miss and, and definitely took the um, sunshine for granted and just community. Um, the fact that, you know, we always cooked a lot of foods because you never knew who was going to stop by and people could stop by unannounced. Um, so I miss that kind of ease and the connection, the way that, you know, I felt so connected um, to family and friends, um, whereas now everybody's so spread out. And I, you know, and I miss that my daughters didn't have that kind of upbringing where you could just wander the neighborhood. And, you know, as we did, kids, you went out in the morning, you didn't come back until, mm-hmm. the, you know, when the streetlights came on. Um, so I, I, I have fond memories of that, but I never really knew Jacksonville as an adult. Um, so it's kind of frozen in time for me, um, other, you know, than some occasional um, visits. And so um, I got a great education in Jacksonville. Um, I went to a public um, magnet college prep school that uh, was consistently ranked one of the best um, in the nation. And, um, and so it prepared me for life and for the world. That's great. That's great. Disha Filiak, congratulations on everything. The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, everyone, is the book. Uh, it's so great to talk to you. I'm so excited you took the time to come on our show. And um, I wish you continued success. Thank you so much, Gwen. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. And The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, that's the book. And thank you all for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. I'll be back with your headlines and a look at the weather forecast. This is Wild Cub. That's Wild Cub. Thunder Clatter. Stick around, everyone. I remember you couldn't stop crying. You found me.